Merry Christmas. All right, kids. Are you excited? That didn't sound like it. Are you excited? I'll bet you are. Parents, grandparents, are you exhausted? Yeah, I know I am. But I'm happy you took the time to come together tonight. That as God's family, we can celebrate the Lord's birth together. Hallelujah. We definitely, in these days, need to come apart and rest in His splendor and His majesty. I hope you still, you still have that sense of wonder, that excitement, the thrill of this one day, this one event. And this isn't the only holiday we get together, is it? We get together on New Year's, right? Memorial Day, Fourth of July. Sometimes we get together on your birthday. But none of them, none of them seem to generate this quiet awe, this enduring joy that lasts beyond the moment. So many people worldwide, they celebrate this single event. Those that believe in the Christ and those that don't. It's still a big commercial holiday around the world. They give gifts to one another. Sometimes very special gifts. And we all feel this sense of kindness that's going on around us. Do you sense it? It's not just people we know and love, but even strangers. It's amazing what this time of year generates. Everybody seems to have a little more charity with one another. I've even stopped a few times and let somebody out in front of me in the car. <laughs> Many of us have gathered as families and for the most part, we enjoy each other's company. But even when we don't do all those other things, we still, we have this underlying glow, this sense of what happens when the human heart dwells on the meaning of Christmas. That glow just continues. Now all these reasons that we just talked about, they're all true and they're wonderful things, but the real core, the foundation, the fundamental truth for this day, it's all because on a night just like this one, our God gave us the perfect gift. The unending gift of the one and the only begotten Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's in His name that we've gathered tonight. This one who has prophesied for centuries and predicted throughout the Bible ever since Moses penned Genesis. Earlier tonight you heard Liliana read to you about a child being born to us. The 700-year-old prophecy from Isaiah 9 
of this child who was very God but in human flesh. What a miracle. God becoming a human so that he could rescue us from how lost we truly are without him. Then in chapter 35, she read about the predictions of this incredible Savior, of all the things that would happen when he was here. The blind will see, the deaf will hear, the lame will leap, and yes, even the mute will sing. Those are miraculous things. A little while later, we heard Sam and Melissa read the historical account of Jesus' birth recorded in Luke by Luke the doctor. He wrote down the details about everything that happened so that it could be preserved for us even today. In Luke 10, 2.10, they, they read this. The angel said to them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. His life was filled with miracles. He walked on water. He turned water into wine. He healed the blind and the lame. He cast out demons And he did all sorts of miraculous things that were prophesied. But now, suddenly, they make sense. Because we believe that God actually became a man. Emmanuel. God with us. And that's why we're here together today. To celebrate that. Amen? In these last three weeks... As we've gone through some different parts of Scripture, we were eagerly awaiting Christmas, the Advent season, as we think about the coming of Christ. We had the privilege to study the reason why Christ came, to redeem, to reveal, and then to reign sovereignly over our lives. Three weeks ago, Pastor Chris told us that Jesus came to redeem his people, to purchase them back from death to pay the debt that none of us could ever pay. Jesus came as a man, born of a virgin, a descendant of David, the king, and even Abraham. Being fully human, he was fully qualified to represent mankind. But being fully God, conceived by the Holy Spirit, the only one capable to take the full brunt of the wrath of a holy God on our behalf. The incarnate God-man taking on human flesh and being born as a baby on Christmas morning. That's an awesome miracle. What a gift for those who would accept such a gift. Then as we studied in the Gospel of Mark, we saw that the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. We saw this Jesus reveal to us how he lived and how he served, even to the point of death, that we might also serve in the same sorts of ways. And then finally, Pastor Adam demonstrated last week to us Jesus' sovereign reign over his kingdom. Jesus said that he had the authority to lay down his life and to take it up again. 
He's the only one that has that authority. He also has the authority to forgive sins. You remember he read to us from Matthew 9, where it says, Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven? Or rise and walk, as he was talking to the paralytic. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And what did he do? He got up, picked up his bed, and he walked. Jesus reigns in and through us and will continue to do so until he comes again. And he actually sits on the throne of David to reign forever and ever. I can't wait for that day. I don't know about you. Tomorrow, when we're all in the throes of all the activity, the gifts, the guests, the food, we need to pause. And we need to remember what this celebration is all about. That the very best gift given by the author of life and the doer of miracles, the one who empowers us to live grace-filled lives as we serve others, the one who is the ultimate king of all the universe, ruling over all of us forever and ever, is the very one who knows you better than you know yourself. And in spite of that, he still came and he rescued you and me. Praise God for that. This is the one that the celebration is all about. Remember that the glory of the gift belongs to the giver of the gift. The more glorious the gift, the more glory the giver receives. That's our glorious God. He longs for us to accept the gift he freely offers. If you are here tonight, and if you have not realized how very much in need of this gift that you are, I invite you to dwell on what it cost our Father to give his Son as a gift, as a ransom for us. I invite you simply just to fall into the lap of this loving God and ask him to forgive you of all those regrettable things that you have done wrong. And our rejection, all of us, our rejection of his lordship over our lives. Receive his embrace and his acceptance as you receive his desire for you to walk in newness of life with him. The Bible is very clear. In 1 John it says, This is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life, and whoever does not have the Son of God, he does not have life. It's talking about this Jesus, the very one who said that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. In 1 John, he says, This is the message we have all heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Later on in chapter 2, he says, Because the darkness is passing away and the true light 
is already shining. He's shining here tonight. And he asks you to join with him in this marvelous celebration of his coming to earth. I implore you, brothers and sisters, if you're sitting out there and you have questions about this, if you do not have this kind of intimate relationship with our Lord and Savior, please come down here before this night is over and talk with me or some of the other pastors or elders. We'll be here looking for you. Now, quiet your hearts. And I want you to just close your eyes and marvel at the light of the world. This light, the God-man, he came to this earth to rescue us.